Thank you, Terry and Nate. That was truly special. I come from a family of happy criers. We trace it back to my grandpa Bobby, who used to just sit at the lunch table and gaze across it at my grandma Lou with tears streaming down his face. It seems that I too have recently joined this club and I really love my newfound ability to just weep with joy when the time is right. I love how in the moment it lets me be and how connected it helps me feel to the mystery. The mystery, you might ask. What mystery? As we prepare our spirit play classroom for our three to six-year-olds this fall, we've talked a lot about the mystery. And yes, that does have a capital M sometimes. The spirit play curriculum sometimes refers to the spirit of love and mystery that some people call God. But we found that to be a bit of a mouthful. So instead, we're simply changing it to say in the stories, simply the mystery. I find this language really helpful. Even thinking about the mystery of church itself, what brings you all here this week and each week, not just this week, and what makes you wanna stay. As A.J. Swoboda writes about church as a mystery in his book, A Better Metaphor for the Church, we do not enter a mystery because of what it gives us or what services are provided for us. We simply enter it. And by entering into it, stuff happens way below the surface that neither you, me, or the weird person next to you at greeting time can put into words or rationality. It's a mystery. I've noticed that one of the many pieces of the puzzle to this mystery called church is that many of us seem to come here each Sunday, in part, to feel joy. Sometimes, sure, it's building cairns or going to the pumpkin potluck or living nativity joy that's quite out there. But other times, it's different. It's a more pragmatic joy that acknowledges the hard stuff and how some of it won't ever go away, but leans into joy anyway. One early Thursday morning a few months ago, I was having one of the very hardest days. My hopes had been completely dashed and I didn't really know what kind of path forward there was, um, but I ventured out into some pouring April rain and I decided I was gonna go practice my jump shot at the Y. And I thought people would giggle at that, but I really am quite good at basketball, so <laughs> no laughing, please. Um, a couple minutes later, a family from our church showed up at the court, and I won't embarrass anyone by using names, but the mom squealed very loudly um, at this coincidence when she saw us. Um, an immediate game of horse ensued, and then some good two-on-two, -two, and soon we were playing five-on-five -five with a bunch of complete strangers. That probably spanned six decades or more. This quickly put a pretty goofy smile on my face because how simple was it? It was the mystery. 
hard at work behind the scenes of a world that was trying its best to break me, but could not. Since winter 2017, I've been calling moments like this joy as resistance. Calls to resist are everywhere in our new world. We're organizing, marching, calling our representatives, grasping for reason in an unprecedented time. And the longer we live through the chaotic pain of this era, the more important it is for us to be resistant by feeling joy when we can. Because if we can't stop and listen for the song that's trying to break through, as Jason Shelton says, that's when the darkness has won and injustice can walk all over us. I see joy as resistance constantly around here. We heard it in Erica's words and her love for our kids a couple minutes ago. I hear it in the ebullient choir warm-ups, first thing on Sunday mornings, on the sanctuary rug where Frank gives pony rides during play church, <laughs> fearless in the face of flying stuffed animals. <laughs> I see it on the faces of our young people and their teachers after a particularly interesting conversation about the divine, maybe some would call it a debate, or after a morning of painting tree branches and celebrating spring with the younger folks. One thing I've learned from being your DRE for the past two years is that we adults don't have a monopoly on hard lives or obstacles to joy. You UCH kids really know how to hold a safe space for one another so they can tell their difficult truths. And this is a joy I will carry with me from witnessing that, that safe space they hold. I'll carry that with me for a long time. Speaking of monopolies, I don't want our young people to have a monopoly on the joy of learning about religion and exploring their faith here at church. This is why Frank and I and a small group of congregants are working on better institutionalizing our lifespan faith formation offerings for next church year. And some of you may have heard lifespan faith formation also referred to as adult RE. So we wanna tell you a little bit about it before we wrap up this morning. Come September, we're going to be trying what we're calling Third Wednesdays, and there will be childcare at these Third Wednesdays. We're all going to invite you to gather right here in this place at six on the third Wednesday of every month for a brief Vespers service and a simple dinner, followed by several options for breakout sessions throughout the building. These will often link to our monthly theme and will focus on topics from the history of our church and our faith to exploring big theological questions learning about spiritual practices you might not have tried before, expressing yourself through art, and many other things. We want to provide a range of offerings that help you to connect with one another, but also to connect to the mystery. There will be laughter, and now you know that as long as I'm there, there will probably also be tears. <laughs> 
And have you heard about our UUCH summer read yet? Um, Here If You Need Me by Kate Braystrup is a book that Frank and I both adore. We hope many of you will read it this summer and want to discuss it with your fellow congregants this October, on the third Wednesday of October. It's a memoir by a UU minister working as the chaplain for the main warden service in my dear home state. Um, She delves into excruciating pain in this book, but encounters joy and the mystery in places you might least expect it. You can ask Frank to borrow one of his many copies if you're interested. As I think of the good work we do here, I find myself eager to see what we'll do together next, in September and a year from now and even beyond that. As Cynthia Wheel and Barry Mann sung, there's a new world coming. It's just around the bend. There's a new world coming. This one's coming to an end. Blessed be and amen.